When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, welcome aboard, everybody. Good morning to you all right around the country, uh, the state of Victoria, or the city of Melbourne. Great to have your company here on the Odds Couple. Thanks to Sportsbet, great supporters of ours uh, since the inception of the Odds Couple here at SEN. And lovely uh, Christmas uh, to you all at Sportsbet and all racing fans around the country. Merry Christmas to my two um, co-hosts here this morning as well, of course, David Taggart. Good morning to you. Good morning, Scoob. And, yeah, not far off uh, Christmas. Uh. And I know my tipping's a bit jingle like. Bells, I, I, I bells, know my tipping's been like the Melbourne weather, very inconsistent. But at least my four dollar best won last week, and hopefully we can find another winner today at headquarters. And let's hope so. That's why you're in here. Yeah, correct. Santa Claus. We've got to get the quaddy though. G'day, Jock. Big Sim. Good Donald morning, Marshall. Australia. SD Marshall. Jags. Lovely to Sim. see you. Uh, you're only as good as your last result, mate. And that was a win. Correct. Power to you. And uh, keep it rolling. And and big Paddy tip went went toe to toe with Scoob too. And Patrick Garshagan. Yeah, one nil Paddy last week from Sportsbet. What did he do? Did he out tip you you last week? Oh, it's not a hard. You know, he should be proud of it, but I wouldn't (laughs) say it's a massive. Hey, but it's a festive season. It is a festive season. You mentioned that trophy and. Holding it high. Good old Christmas. We all ready for Christmas Day. What do you What what do you do, big? Big fella. Knocked over a couple of kilos, just ready, all ready for it. Yeah. You have family around at your house? Yeah. And I eat a lot of food. And eat a lot of food? Yeah. How big's yep. the family? Open like? a nice bottle of wine about 2.33 and yeah, just sip it. It's a bottle of wine, you know, you've been curating the whole year, just been looking at it saying, you're my Christmas day. Right. And um, anyone can oh, near me in that time. That's at 2.30. I have to slap them around a bit. So, After hey, you eat. Get out of my space. So about four o'clock, you'd be. No, no, no. It's just sort of we we generally don't eat until two thirty-three. All right. So it's a late start. Mm. Uh, how many people roughly will you be feeding? Oh, 15. 15. Ooh. tags. What do you do for Christmas? I go over the parents, and uh, I'll bring some lovely prawns over, and and, and they'll cook a nice ham or something like Where that. Where do you get those from? Do you import those those prawns? No, no. We'll probably just go straight down the South Melbourne market or Coles there and get, get them there. Get a kilo. Support the local community. Exactly You're right. After your parents. Yeah. Oh, Gail Marshall, she puts on a big spread every year Does for she? the Marshalls. Yeah. How many? Uh, the two brothers, my son Ethan and uh, Shugs, my daughter, mm. and um, Grant Trent, and mum and dad. And then there's always a couple of uh, couple of stragglers that uh, pop in and pop out throughout the day. So we get the uh, the usual, the lamb. We get the chicken. I, uh, I bring the ham. Brother Grant brings the pork. And um, away we go. Dad just cooks up all the meat. Mum does all the, you know, the veggies. Roast the veggies. Yeah. And the tree. You walk in and it's like Santa's, Santa's little, um, what is it, little workshop where oh. mum uh, puts in some great effort. But it's pretty hard on the participants in racing this time of the year, Big Sim, because it it's is. seven days a week. We keep on punching through. But we do have Christmas Day off. Yeah, look forward to talk to Greg Urell a little later on uh, about that, just um, uh, inferring to the... You know, that twilight meeting last uh, last weekend, it, it's been in the news, lots of comments, lots of interviews around, a sort of number of trainers uh, spoken to about it and giving their opinions. What did you boys think? 
I didn't mind it, but as I said, it wasn't very well perceived with the racing participants, was it? So, yeah. uh, as I said, if I was still in the industry, I wouldn't have liked it. I'll put it that way. It took oh. a while for night racing to, you know, yeah, true. come to hand, didn't it? You know, there was a fair pushback on night racing when it first started. Yeah, uh, there was. I'm all for ch- I'm all for change and trying new things, um, but what we seem to have in racing is the separation of the participants in the industry, the Australian Trainers Association, the Jockeys Association, maybe uh, a representation from the workers, the stable staff strappers, in which we call them, and also um, uh, the, the powers to be of race clubs. There seems to be a separation when it comes to making these decisions. Is it right and do we try it? And what are the positives and the negatives before we actually do go ahead? Because we try it and then we have... Um, a number of trainers coming out. We're going to catch up with Greg Gravelt, as you mentioned this morning, to talk about um, some of the difficulties and the challenges that he 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 um, faces with his stable staff planning and, and programming and getting people to and fro late at nights and getting them up early in the morning to work his horses. Not easy. Not easy. But we'll, um, we'll get a, a bit of a view from people. What's your view out there in, uh, in racing land? Did you go on Saturday to the twilight meeting? It was a, a resounding success. Uh, I know, you know, turnover-wise, wasn't a hell of a lot of difference from what I gather. Well, it was pretty, pretty square across the across the board. Give us a yell on the speckled text machine: oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Twilight Racing is it here to stay? From a sports bet perspective, um, it was the norm for us in terms of the turnover. There was no massive peak. It was just uh, play on. There was no great shift in movement and a positive outcome in terms of the turnover. So if you're going to measure it on that, it didn't work. It didn't improve turnover. number of owners ruined their dinner. You know, in the later races, they were already going out for dinner. And horse ran ninth. <laughs> Rob up a dinny, if you had no time to recover from the, uh, the emotional smashing you've just got from the horse you hook at wins yeah, on ninth. Run ninth. <laughs> ninth. No good. So as a punter, do you put your bets on? Do you go out and still enjoy your Saturday night? Or do you actually sit back and go, beauty, night, uh, twilight racing, night racing? Um, let's get involved now. It was hot yesterday. Mm. Eh? A bit mm. flat today. Yeah, hot was yesterday. It was good. Yarra Glen still went, uh, went around, though. That was interesting. Yarra Valley Cup, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. started at 10.30. Dead heat. Started at 10.30. was a dead heat in the cup. But listening to the participants... Um, they got through it quite well. All horses got through it. And um, good luck to the Yarra Valley Racing Club too. We put out uh, for all the staff and the horses with uh, water, extra water and sprays and things like that. So they really had a crack put in the early start. Um, was advantageous. A lot of people there, Christmas parties. Huge corporate day out. And it worked quite well. And didn't really hear too many complaints at all. And all horses, more importantly, always seemed to pull up well. Mm. Well, Mooney Valley, that was a... Complete once we got that uh, weather bureau forecast of you know, 43, 44 degrees. And I think it actually got hotter. There was nearly 46 in the city here in Melbourne. Well, they planned to start late and uh, normally 6.30 start. They wanted to start at 7 o'clock and finish at 10.30 at night. But when you're travelling horses to get to races 1, 2, mm. 3 and 4, you're going to be travelling at 2.30, 3 mm. o'clock yeah. in the afternoon when it's at its peak at 44. Correct. So smart move, abandon the races, good call. I think. What do you think? Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, good call. And, and interesting, on the news services and et cetera last night, uh, that was the hottest part of the day. You know, some, you know there was at you know, 6.30 p.m. You know, in was the, the evening, hottest part yeah. of the day for, for uh, 
uh, a lot of places around the state, including Melbourne. So it, it wasn't wasn't relenting. It was time to pull up stumps and, and not go to the valley and stay in some air conditioning if you were lucky enough to Crazy though, isn't it, get some Melbourne? air blowing around you. I ducked away to uh, just uh, top up the old Jackie Chan with a little bit of coconut oil uh, last week. I missed you too. Missed you terribly. Where'd you duck off to? Uh, Gold Coast. The Goldie. Yeah. Oh, that was a recce, wasn't it, for Magic Millions? Three and a half days. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And 29 degrees consistency every day. Here we are, 44, and this morning we're around 20 degrees. These are the challenges too in the industry that staff and trainers have to put up with because rugs off all horses yeah. when it's hot overnight. But when the wind comes in and the, uh, and the temperature drops 15 uh, overnight, horses get a chill. That's where they get temperatures. And then all of a sudden that uh, three, two to three, four months of uh, preparation, getting your horse ready to go to the races can be kaput. You lose it all because a horse gets a fever. And then gets crook, and then it's got to go out and have a spell for three and a half months. And, and that's another thing that so we're staff have got to come back and correct. put rugs on at midnight. And a lot of people don't understand that. Not only putting rugs on, uh, topping up the water buckets as well. Like, and and if, if you've got a, a whole team of say twelve strappers, you know, like looking after fifty horses, got to pay them overtime. Yeah, but you're not getting the twelve. You know, only two or three people are there to, to do that job. So it takes them an extra hour and a half, and they're there at nine o'clock at night, and they're coming back at three thirty in the morning. So. Yeah, hats off to all them, all those uh, staff members, and and uh, yeah, as I said, it's it's what people don't realise what actually goes on in a racing stable. Goes back to what we were talking about last week. Yeah. Why why, why are people getting up at two thirty and three in the morning to train racehorses? Why aren't they getting up at five thirty and six like normal people do? Because yeah, and the reason for that, did you come up with an answer? No. Well, no one's ever given a definitive reason why it ha- it has to happen. Well, that scoop well, says you don't. Well, this Trainers day don't age, go to the races. If you're training on a training track, um, there are conditions where the staff that prepare the track, curators and so forth, need to get their staff onto a track. So it's closure at 8 a.m. and 8.30 a.m. So in order, if you've got a big team of horses and you've got to work 60 to 70 horses, you've got to be up at 3 o'clock to beat that 8 a.m. stoppage. So, so we train horses at 3 a.m. in the morning... Because the 12 blokes who are going to rake the track have to be on it at 8. They can't get on it at midday. Yep, yep. I remember well, Chris Waller talking about if it. If that's the reason, that's the easiest change that can be made to racing and make it more of a mm. lifestyle sport ever. If, if race clubs can't conform, that their, their hours for their curators are now 12 till 7 at night, whatever that might be, or they... they um, uh, roster their staff on certain hours. If that's the only reason, I think we've just revolutionised racing training. Yeah, it's part of the problem. I know for a fact. No, no, I understand that. But yeah. but race clubs, and, and now we're we're in a fight here. Now the the sport of racing is in a massive fight with four or five other major sporting um, or major sports around the country: cricket, footy, basketballs going gangbusters. I don't know whether the baseball is going gangbusters as you went and saw last night. Competing but for the dollar, you mean, and the yes, turnover? Yes, correct. Okay. So, yeah. so we we don't need we need people going out there. Our foot soldiers are going to be out there. Saying, oh, isn't this fantastic? You know, now now we're getting up at five thirty in the morning. We can have a life. Um, we go to the races. You know, p- people who work within the industry actually going to the races, enjoying themselves instead of going home and need need another nap. You know, it, it's it is the the one injection of life into racing that will change the whole face of racing, in my opinion, my humble opinion, uh, and it's not that hard to do, but race clubs have got to play ball. If that's the case, and I agree with you, it is the case, people keep saying to me, oh, no, no, 
the bloke on the tractor that rakes it has got to be on by eight. Piss the bloke off on the tractor and get him to come in at 10.30 or 11. Yep. That's what time he comes on. It's and part, It's part of the can problem be done. that needs to be worked out. That is for sure, especially with the, um, well, the city training complexes like Cranbourne. Ballarat and Caulfield and Flemington. Yeah, why do they have to be on Cranbourne at 8 o'clock? Off Cranbourne, you mean, yeah, by yeah, 8? Yeah. Well, well, why do the curators have to be on at 8? Well, certain days there's trials. Yeah, yeah. But, so they've got to but se- Seven days a week, why do the curators, to come and rake it and, and mow it and do all the things, they do a fantastic job, why do they have to be on at 8 so everyone has to get up at 2? Do you know what we're going to do? We'll get Neil Bainbridge on. He's the CEO of the Cranbourne uh, Turf Club and Training Centre there, and he'll have the answers. That'll do. Yeah. I reckon. We'll, we'll mark him, him next down. Week. We'll get Benny Big Bucks out yeah. in the back there to just put him in. Yeah, I'm going to... Lock him in. Big push. Big Let's push. get Neil on, someone who actually knows the answer to the question. Yeah. Well, there's, I, I think that, look, there's obviously politics involved, and talking of politics, Victoria Racing Club, their members returned uh, directors Amanda Elliott, Catherine Burke and Alyssa Robinson to the club's board on, at uh, Wednesday's annual general meeting uh, following a pretty extensive ballot and plenty of letters going around from trainers, which I, I hadn't seen before. Suddenly you're getting emails saying, we support these members, please vote for them. What do you think of all that? It's a massive separation to uh, a failure to communicate, Big Sim. It's as simple as that. So someone's drawn a line and it's on. Mm. It's like a little bit of the politics world that we see right now. There's the A and the B side and they're going hard at one another. Yeah. PM's copping it for going on holidays. Cop it, sweet. Scotty, mm. not allowed to take a break. No. So uh, you're entrenched with the VRC there for many a year. Yeah, like, you mean I was entrenched? I'm a member. You are a member? I'm a member of the VRC. But didn't you host a lot of their functions? I used to host two functions a year. Right. Okay. So... You're a little bit closer than what David and I are to the team that operate VRC or know the mechanics of it. Yes. So what's the outcome? What should happen? That's good. They've, they've, they've been uh, returned. The directors that were up for renewal have been returned and that's all good. There, there'll be a lot more. There's a lot more to come. Oh. It, things aren't good in there. I wouldn't have so I'm told. Things aren't flash. They need a bit of a, they need a, bit of a rev up. It's Bruce. Yeah, Peter Gallagher just got a bit of a rev up. Talking mm. of rev ups. Faces three charges following a race in Victoria investigation into a pre-race blood sample taken from Strong Influence at Sandown in June. Mm. Uh, I think it's a high bicarb, isn't it? I don't know. BCO2, I think it was. Is it? If I read okay. it rightly. I haven't looked into it, but um, there's a little bit of history there with Pete. We wish him all the best. Yeah. Uh, we certainly do. Uh, we certainly do wish him all the best. It's a... Um, it never... It just keeps happening, doesn't it? I'm not sure why we press the envelope as hard as we do as a trainer. I know it's a tough gig and all that sort of thing, but... Try to get every advantage possible. Yeah. <coughs> well, it's like any sport. Balance and checks. I, I mean, is it proven mm. that you get an advantage with these things? And Cobalt's the other one. You say, well, you know, yeah. there's a litany of uh, information, data, that tells you that, you know, the horses... They're not they're tested positive yeah. go, but they're on ninth, sixth, twelfth. Yeah, none of one ever. use? And there have been rules put in place for cut-off points, twenty-four hours out before mm. treating horses with any anything. Basically, that's going to return a positive, which is a long list of things that we won't get into now. But to cut a long story short, there's um, if you if you test the boundaries and you're inside that, you're gonna these things flare up, and unfortunately, that's what Pete's looking at. Mm. Wish him all the best. Too good a trainer not to be training. But, but if you're a repeat offender, 
what, what you know, and how many times do you get yeah, a slap true. on the wrist? Exactly right. Um, uh, you know, you must know that the generally, you know, the time you're going to spend out is going to grow, grow, and grow, isn't it? Well, you, you lose sort more of wonder. Points. You would think you'd lose more points, Big Sim. Mm. He just got over a charge about twelve months ago, didn't he? Mm. Got off one. Yeah. Mm. Oh, um, well. Uh, That's news. Yeah, we'll battle. We'll. Um, We'll battle on. Okay, we're going to take our first uh, break on the odds couple this morning. Uh, Nathan Brown, we're trying to get hold of Brown. We generally have a chat oh, with him no. about all things oh. sport. He was at the baseball the other night. Oh, he might he be left at half time. <laughs> <laughs> left at half time. You wish you were with him. Goodbye, oh, Nathan. Dear. See you, boys. Merry Christmas. All the best. Nothing. And talking of sports bet, check Morning, out sports bet's new same race multi combined selections from the same race in one bet for bigger odds. And of course, as we always say, gamble responsibly. Back in a moment. D-Taggart, uh, S. Marshall uh, with me this morning on the Odds Couple as per usual. Thanks to Sportsbet, uh, great supporters of ours, uh, Sportsbet. Uh, good to have them on board. Time to head north and the Queensland Summer Carnival. Uh, it is up and going. There's been some good racing uh, up in Queensland and you can find out all about it if you visit racingqueensland.com.au. Uh, and Sammy Highland's our man on the ground up oh. north. G'day, Sammy. Hello, Simon. You were on fire last week. Hey. On fire oh, you were. Tip two out of three, you did. Beautiful. Well, what do they say? A blind shook gets a piece of corn every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> Throw enough darts, mate. We're Eagle Farm today. Uh, nine races, all good. I, was it last week? Uh, the races got called off Friday night. You had something like 52 mil or something like that, if not more, Sam, and then you raced on a good four the next day. 52 mils of rain to a good four and then a good three. Got upgraded after a couple of races. They ran three records. Simon, can wow. you believe it? Unbelievable. Extraordinary. So, and yeah, the and water just goes straight through it. And New South Wales took out the Jockey Challenge, the State of Origin Jockey Challenge. Kathy O'Hara yeah, and Michael Rod. That was good for Roddy and Kathy O'Hara. It's good to see Roddy back in town and he's uh, actually having a bit of time off here. Uh, with his family over Christmas, and because Jim Byrne broke his leg, unfortunately, last Friday night, uh, the uh, uh, broke his leg on Wednesday, and so now Michael Rod's picked up uh, some more rides. So he's going to uh, continue riding for uh, the next couple of days up here, and and uh, spend time with Christmas, with, uh, spend a bit of uh, Christmas time with the family. So it's all good. Just go two steps to your left, Sammy. <laughs> he's breaking up. Yeah. Why is it? Why is it? Keeps repeating itself. Yeah, you're, you're I'm, going. I'm a bit talking, of, yeah. and, and it's like it's talking back to me in my ear. I, I think what's happening is people are you know really trying to tag in on your line, a bit like like Asia and everyone else, because they know you're hot. They know you're running hot and tipping winners. <laughs> they're they're, it's, they're it's all wanting to earwig. It's got you know. me all over the place. I'm telling you, it's very uh, very distracting. But anyway, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll soldier on the Group Three Grand Prix Stakes. Um, the listed fell will on a part of those uh, two races, two group races, part of that nine-race card today? Yeah, the Grand Prix looks a great race and, you know, some up-and-coming stayers. I think Smart Media was really impressive last time round. Uh, you know, he jumped from the 1300 at Toowoomba and then went to uh, Doomman over the 2000. He handled it with no problems. So I think he'll get the trip no problems again today. That's, I suppose it's a bit of a... Um, worry about these horses from down south. Gerald Ryan and Mark Unum trying to change chains of honour and Mission Phoenix. They're, they're you know, going to bring good form and, and they look uh, 
you know, nice stayers. So they're going to be hard to beat. It's a, it's a good race. And then the, the Furlong quality, wow. Uh, I think Spurcraft will just jump, lead, win for Leslie Babatelli. He gave this a good ride at Doomman in the Bribey Handicap. And, yeah, I think he's going to be very hard to beat today. I don't, I'm not concerned about him at the 1,200. I think is as an older, mature horse, he just seems to re- be relaxing well. And Bubba will give him a good ride. And you know what they say, Simon? Don't be silly, but Baba Tilly. Oh. <laughs> and 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 Sammy, uh, you talk about the 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 Southern Raiders going up uh, for the Grand Prix. Uh, Mark Zara's in town. Yeah, good to have Mark Zara in town, and I think uh, obviously he's going to um, you know does a fair bit of riding for Aquas. He's going to uh, be riding one of those two rolls that that won on Wednesday, I think, going ahead to the Magic Man. So, uh, Kieran Murray and Dave Houston have got, uh, you know, their teams building all the time up here, and um, they're no strangers to winners up here at, at Queensland. So, um, yeah, Kieran's uh, the right horse to bring, and as we saw on Wednesday, they both want to treat those. And uh, what's your best today, Sammy? Both at Eagle Farm or around the grounds? Okay, well, let's go race one, number five, Got a Kiss. You can get it $3.20 on the tab this morning. Into race three, number three, Salamade. This will love the mile. I know she's not weighted well, but she she will just love the mile, the big track, Eagle Farm. This is her go. I, gee, I think she's a good filly, and uh, she's good staying time. And then tags for you, one at the Gold Coast. Let's go race two, number 11, Lopez. Get it $3 on the tab this morning. It'll be winning for the McAvoy McAvoy oh. camp. And Baron Boyster making the trip up. And how did my uh, my one at the Gold Coast go last week? Counter meal. Second. Uh, got, got about, I think, half a neck. Oh, unlucky. It's disappointing. I think you weighed it down, Pags. Yeah, true. <laughs> Sammy, uh, on that note, we're all going to weigh ourselves down on Christmas Day. Merry Christmas to you and yours up there. Um, and we look forward to chatting to you um, uh, again uh, before the new year, actually. We'll be chatting to you next Saturday. Look forward to it. Thanks, guys. Merry Christmas, Sammy. Sammy Highland there joining us uh, from up north and that Grand Prix stakes today at Eagle Farm. Details of that uh, meeting. It's going to be a ripper meeting yeah, at meeting. racingqueensland.com. Dot au. We'll be back uh, with uh, more on uh, the odds couple in a few moments' time. But first, let's uh, head to the newsroom. Great to have your company on the odds couple, our pre-Christmas show. Pre-Christmas show. Nice. Just rolls off. It's it? nice. And only a few more days till Christmas. Can't wait. A couple of sleeps. A few oh, sleeps, yes. eh? Santa Claus is coming. Sleeps. What time do you open the prezzies on Christmas Day? Do you do it first thing or do you wait a little while? No, first thing. First thing. But I'm a bachelor, so there'll be no prezzies for me under the Christmas tree. I've been a naughty boy this year. Oh. Mm, Santa won't be coming to me. Time do you do your prezzies, mate? Um, we pack them all up in the car just shortly after 12, 12.30. We put them all under Mum's tree, let little Sugar Bella Marshall at eight years of age hand them out to everyone, and then we rip and tear. Right, okay. Yeah. Do you give the kids some early doors? I know, no, no. No, nothing. Big, everyone waits till... Oh, Everyone's got to be there in the Marshall household. Oh, it's fantastic. And then it's Isn't like... It? What have we got this year? Oh. What about yourself? Yeah, we're similar. Yeah. Similar ammo to you. We'll uh, get up, have a bit of brekkie, um, and uh, yeah. you know, just fiddle around for the morning, get the meat on the barbie, that sort of thing. Maybe have an early early one just sitting between the barbies, smelling yeah. the aroma as it comes off the meat, and then you know, in do the prezzies, check the veggies while you're doing the prezzies. 
Does everyone get up and have a look at the barbie and touch the meat or whatnot? Or you no just, one touches oh, the meat. No. Step away from the, the Except barbe- for the chef. The barbecue <laughs> is the only person that yeah, touches the meat. Now, do you whack the, the old hats on, rip the bonbons? Yeah. Well, no, that's, well, that's at the table. Yeah. 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 You do all that? Yeah. And, yeah. You, know, you get a little bottle opener and yeah, yeah. a little whistle. What about the, jo- what about the jokes? What about the jokes? Yeah. The jokes, jokes are good. good are they yeah. ain't that bad. They're good. Aye. When the kids are little and the whistle would come out. Yeah, Isn't it used to be fantastic. Did what? you used to crack the the sads? You used to really get upset if you didn't get the the strong piece with the toy after the bonbon crack. You look at your dad and, <laughs> and you went, yeah. any, and then you, any chance? Then then you then you read the joke. Why did the golfer wear two pairs of pants in case he got a hole in one? Oh, hey, hey. Poor Greggy Rolls win. Just trained his thousands winner, and he's been sitting there uh, listening to this garbage. We're talking apologies uh, from us at the odds couple, Greg. But how do you spend, Chrissy? Well, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a mixed bag. A little bit of this and a bit of that. I can relate to all of that. But, uh, <laughs> certainly know a little uh, habit that uh, you guys have over Christmas, so that's good. Greg, before we uh, get into your achievements as a trainer and your, your runner at Flemington today, I was just talking to the, the boys in the break. You go back through an equestrian background prior to becoming a horse trainer, correct? Oh, yes, exactly, yep. But, um, T- tell us a bit about that, off, Greg. Uh, well, I started off a little bit uh, show jumping, uh, show riding, and then... Uh, that became quite boring for me and uh, looked for something a little bit more interesting. So uh, we looked at the uh, showtime aspect of the industry and then uh, that certainly grabbed me and things just started moving along bit by bit. And we uh, uh, enjoyed a little bit of success and yeah, it, uh, it grew from there. We got a couple of nice horses and uh, was fortunate to gain a berth in a couple of Australian teams and, uh, and then finally wound up at the Olympic Games. And what year was that, Greg? 1984. 1984. And tell us about the... Um, Where were the Olympics in 84? In Los Angeles at the time. Yeah, LA. LA. Yeah, the LA Games. And and what about the... Um, obviously, there's uh, competitions leading up to it and you need a, a decent horse, a warm blood or a thoroughbred where you're riding? Well, interesting because the uh, I had two horses. We actually... Uh, the team flew into... Uh, uh, the UK on uh, in February. We uh, were sort of based there six months before we went to the Games. They thought that would be quite beneficial to get a bit of international experience, and uh, which was great. I mean, we, we probably completed against oh, at least 60, 70% of the teams that were going to meet at the, at the Games. So it gives a little bit of an insight of sort of what the competition was going to be like before we even got there. Mm. And but, uh, it was good, but uh, to answer your question about the horses I had, uh, uh, one was by a thoroughbred out of a trotting man, wow. and uh, his name was Johnny Mack. Um, he was a skew ball, and uh, he was just a, a, an absolute freak. He could jump anything, that horse. He uh, held the six-bar record at Sydney Royal. I think he jumped in two years in a row, and he jumped six foot three. So uh, it was quite a good effort. And the other horse that I had, um, he was by a thoroughbred out of a Clydesdale man. Gee. Wow. So, uh, they weren't very uh, fashionably bred by any means, but uh, they were both freaks that you know, had very, very good athleticism and uh, could jump like stags. And the training of, of uh, show jumpers, Greg, what was the, some of the intricacies that you can share with us, the keys that you, you needed to um, well, get the best out of them? Well, they 
probably as you could appreciate, Simon, you know, even with racehorses, they're all individuals and you've got to ride them accordingly. And uh, those two horses that I had were Grand Prix horses, of course, but they were chalk and cheese compared to each other. They, uh, you had to ride them differently. Um, they had little things that uh, you had to adjust your riding style to try and get the best out of them. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting industry. Um, and, you know, a lot of work goes into it. Um, but they've got to be, I like racers, they've got to have the ability to allow us to be able to do their job. But, uh, but you know, a lot of flat work goes into it, a lot of conditioning, uh, exercising. You know, we'd probably jump the horses a couple of times a week before they completed on the weekend. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a quite a mixed bag for, for a show jumping horse. But, uh yeah, and you'd, you'd, you'd be the right person to ask, actually, Greg, in terms of life after uh, racing with thoroughbreds. Uh, it's always uh, been a popular avenue, uh, dressage, show jumping for thoroughbreds. Was it the case back then in uh, the uh, the 90s, if you like, and uh, as it's uh, become uh, apparent now that that seems to be the way to go? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we target a lot of racehorses um, for our caper. Uh, I had one horse called Rebel, and he was... Uh, he couldn't run out of sight in a dark night, but uh, as a show jumper, um, I took him to New Zealand and, uh, you know, competed there for Australia. Um, he was a very, very smart horse and he just had the ability to jump, but he, he was a terrible racehorse. Amazing, eight. So when did you decide to become a horse trainer out of all of that, Greg? Yeah, well, it was interesting. We come back from the Olympic Games, I... We'd trained fairly intensely, you know, of course, leading up to it. And I thought, I'll just have a little bit of a break. I'll, I'll go back to my trade as a plumber. And uh, I'd sick of travelling. I thought, I'd, I'd try and stay at home for a bit. And I think I lasted 30 days away from the horses. And I thought, well, I've got to turn my hand into something else. And, and uh, swung across to the, uh, the racehorses. So uh, it started sort of at the ground level. We started breaking in and... Uh, Free training, and uh, which led to getting a license, and uh, the team grew, and it, it went on from there. Yeah, now Greg uh, tags in, mate. Uh, we go to he- <clears throat> sorry, we go to headquarters today. You've just trained your thousandth winner. Congratulations on that. Now you got great Duchess, Duchess in the fifth. She is favourite. She gets better with racing. Can she be your thousand and first winner? Well, look, I, I think we go there with a, a very, very good chance. I, I thought she was just. Uh, very unlucky last start. He nearly got the prize, but that certainly has cleaned her up a little bit fitness-wise. And you know, uh, she races terrific at Flemington. She's in really good order. I think the mile is where we're really been looking forward to, to getting to. And that, uh, I'm not disappointed with the barrier. I think it just gives her an opportunity to probably slot in there and give her the, the room that she enjoys to sort of finish the races off. So. Uh, I think she's a very good chance today. And she'll lose nothing with Jai McNeil on too. He's got a great book of rides today. 380 into 310. She's very popular, Greg. Uh, well, that's good. I hope they're all right. Well, let's hope she uh, brings you some Christmas cheer, Greg. Thanks for joining us on the Odds Couple this morning. <laughs> good on you, guys. Good, good on you, Greg. Pinker, Pinker. Yes. What about Apache Cat? Multiple group yeah. one winning trainer. Train Champion you, horseman, Greg Urell. Yeah. We'll be back with more Odds Couple, we think, in just a moment. You two scallywags. I've had a gutful already. Yeah, the odds couple, thanks to Sportsbet. Uh, thanks for your uh, text coming in this morning on the speckled text machine, 0433 Merry Christmas from Stella and Shepparton. Merry uh, Christmas, Stella.
Uh, El Faris uh, to win race one from Brian at St Albans. Well, he's got the class big skin. He's got to be yeah. a chance. Yeah. yeah, good price. Yeah. yeah, Guy from Geelong. Merry Christmas. Get, give us the turkey. Get us the turkey today. Good he says. On you, guy. Good on oh, you. There you go. The Christmas we'll get some turkey. Christmas turkey. Oh, yes, that's a challenge. Someone wants Sammy's tips again. So he obviously got a bit of coin out of Sammy last week. Beautiful. Yeah, there you go. How's all that? Pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. Good feedback. Thank you. Yeah, good. Not Australia. a problem. Good as gold. It's an award-winning show this year, Nathan. It is. Voted by the show. public. Yep. Yep. Okay. Time for have a look at the best back runners out at Flemington. Get to the quaddy eventually. Uh, it's over to you two guys. I just sit back and just relax here for a minute. Who yeah. That's where this is going to go. Well, be- before we get going, oh, yeah. make sure Give you have your pens, week. pencils and crayons and have your form guides be ready. Crayons. But before you get into Did the... you write crayon at school? Crayon, yeah. Did you write with crayon? Yeah. yeah. I-, I was year seven when I got my pen licence. But, uh, Is that the first the, time you did Year 7 or the third? Pardon? First or third time you did Year 7, they gave you your pen license. No, no, no. I didn't have to repeat Year 7. <laughs> Let's rip into Fleming. <laughs> Let's go into Fleming. And we, as Scoob digresses, even though he said, oh, I'm out of here, but hey, Scoob nah, he still has to give a whack, doesn't he? It is Christmas time. Simon O'Donnell. Joke. Actually, this staying race, the first, we've got to be careful that this finishes before Christmas Day. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, 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 no. He's going on There's another one there. He's got one more <laughs> yeah. up his sleeve. Yeah. Get it out. Come on. No, 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 no. That's it for me. You sure? No, that's it. All right. This is race one, folks. It's a 2,500-metre race for the stayers. Big fella reckons I'll need another lap here. 2.25 into $2.40 is secret blaze number two. Got too far back in the Packenham Cup when shooting for three. He's well placed here. And Defibrillate's been very solid and popular at $2.80. Two and four are your numbers in race one. Hope you've got your crayons ready for race two. It's a 1,400-metre three-year-old, benchmark 70. Now, the best-backed runner here with sports bet is ruler by choice, 420 into $3.80. Winner of her only two starts, she was very well-backed last start. Now, I think the 1,400 will suit her, and so, do, so does the market. So into $3.80 and number three. From number four, need new friends. Although we've shifted her out due to the weight of money, um, she's at a right price now, three seventy. If you like, need new friends, and we're holding a decent money on her. So three and four, race two. No money for Palmy and Chips. Yes, a little bit of money. Best back Ruffy in the race. Palmy oh. and Chips, the toppy for you, Big Sim. Good, thank you. Race three is a thousand meter benchmark eighty four. Pa- palmy, who says Palmy? It's a Palmer, isn't it? Oh, hello. Hey. Another discussion. Bold star number two is the best back runner, four fifty. Into 290. You'll eat them however it comes out, won't you, Tags? Okay, two, 450 into $2.90. One first up, Bold Star. Now, this is this horse loves this distance and is a second up winner, number two on top. Propel, 390 into $3.20. No luck, last start <laughs> at Pakenham. So two on top of nine for race three. Race four is a 1,400-metre benchmark 70. Got to love a benchmark 70 on a Saturday, folks. And we've got a Manhattan Arch. Oh, sorry, uh, Diagula, number six, if I read my writing. Diagula, Paddy Payne's horse. See this horse at uh, Pakenham first up's return? Very unlucky yeah, on that occasion, Big Sim. And mm-hmm. uh, 3.70 to $2.90, one of the best back runners at Flemington, number six in race four. From number four, All Hardwood, first up from the Richie Lemming stable. Three starts. First up for two wins and a second. So seven fifty into $5. Abel's fine. Yeah. Stable is flying. Six and four are your numbers in race four. No money for number 10, volume? Volume? Uh, not 
No, 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 just a couple of uh, minor bets. We, we call that maintenance betting for that horse. Screaming to make its voice heard today. There you go. Oh, no. Drop the mic. No. That's the third one right no. there, folks. Uh, race five we're up to. Hey, here's a 1,600 metres for the mares. This is uh, great. Great Duchess. Greg Arab, we just had him on. The Olympian. Multiple group one winning trainer. Remember Pinker Pinker winning a Cox Plate? Trained, trained a 1,000 winners now. 1,000. This will be 1,001st. Um, so into $3.10 now, number five, your best backed runner from Red Hill, up 450 into 360. Your numbers five and 10 in race five. Race six is a 1,200 metre, another benchmark, 70 for the three-year-olds. And this is that girl. She is your favourite, number 11. She was well supported on return from a lengthy break. She just peaked on a run. She'd be better suited here. And the market says 420 into 330, the best backed runner. 360 out slightly a point to 370, but holding good money on number one. 11 and one. In race six, this is the first leg of the quaddy, isn't it, Tags? Tags yeah, likes the 12 here, three legs in. No, no 12. And as you say, number one can't be done. Drops back to 1,200 after stepping straight up to the 1,400 from 1,000 metres when he was second up. So it won't wor- that won't worry him. Albuquerque, can't, can't believe he's still a maiden, this horse. And, of course, there's a, you know, there's only the one filly, that girl. It's only the one filly in this race, so she goes in. So the numbers here are 1, 2, 3, 5 and 11. One, two, three, five, and eleven in the first leg of the Quaddy at Flemington. Simon. Race seven is a seven furlong. That's fourteen hundred metre gallop. It's a handicap. Yulong January's been very impressive since he's been gelded. He's won his last two races and he's drawn good. Drawn good. Two twenty into two oh five. One of the best back runners at Sportsbet. Violates had good support as a roughie. Number three, nine fifty into seven dollars fifty. Five and three are your best back runners. Race seven, second leg of the quaddy, Dave. Yeah, Yulong January just finds another right race here. He beat most of these easily enough two weeks ago. Just wins again, and he's so good at those. So it's so well off at the weights, his horse. Smell him, one. So he's a one. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah, number five. That's all you need. There's number enough five. ink in that pen. One. Okay. A one. Number five. Yulong January. Yulong January. Right. Second leg of the quaddy, a one. Number five, Yulong January. Third leg. Race eight, it's a 1,600-metre benchmark, 84. Shawnee's back at Flemington. She just over-raced and got it wrong at Moonee Valley last start. Her her, uh, track uh, performance at Flemington, five starts for the two wins and two uh, seconds, is right up her alley, $3 into two twenty-five. She's the best back runner. But what about number seven here? A little Ivana Tinkle, $7 into six is Ocean's 14. Two and seven are your numbers, race eight. Yeah, Shawnee, scratch from last week, interesting enough, uh, gets a chance again here. Interesting runner here is the import of import of Mike Maroney's, the 11, Akatau. Uh, young Jai just might have a day out today. I think he will, Jai McNeil. Oh. So, but we need value in this race, and I'm sure we'll get the leg of, this leg of the quaddy because we're going to go to the field. <gasps> the field? We need a blowout. I can smell another one. He coming we up need a blowout here. Oh, where's the drum? Drum roll. So... You've gone from a one to the field. Yeah. What's your point? How many in the field? 13. 13. Yes. Okay. There you go. Wow. Here's the drum roll, folks. Race nine. It's a 1,200-metre benchmark 78 to close field. out proceedings at Flemington. You've never taken the field before in two yeah. years. Oh, yes, I have. Don't worry about that. Sorry, Simon. It's okay. I can understand. I can understand your pain over there, yeah. Tim.
Yeah. Because I can feel a drum roll coming up for another one here. It just might be number 12, Sebrick. Oh. $3.40 into $3.30. links in the Dane Hill behind Dallas Arm oh. the track and trip. Yep. It's got to be good enough form to be a one for David Zatripe-Guinella. Uh, but before I get to that... The best-backed roughie in the race is number five, more wanted, 9.50 into 8.50. 12 on top of five, race nine, David. Yeah, mate, this is my King. best of the day. Mate, when you're running behind Bivouac, Super Seth, Dallas Arm, I know he's a three-year-old against old horses. He's weighted to win. Barrier one's a concern, though, but Willow will be at his best. Just, just, We just need separate, mate. Number 12, one out. So you've taken a field and two one-ies in your quaddy today. Mate, last I've only done it the once, and last time I did... The two oneies, we got the quaddy, cost fifty five dollars and it paid fourteen hundred. So I was wondering we're hoping it again with his chest out this morning. Yeah. No, no I haven't got it though. Haven't well, got it. Let's check the numbers uh, for David Taggart's pre Christmas quaddy. First leg, which is race six, one, two, three, five, and eleven. You want to say that again? One, two, three, five, and eleven. Second leg, number five. Oney. Third leg, the field. Thirteen horses, the field. Fourth leg, another one. The twelve. Correct weight, sixty-five dollars. Sixty-five dollars. Is that all? Yep. Wow. Well, there's a value quite Last time you took out, you took a one or a field. What did it pay? No, I can't did you get remember. It? Yeah, we got the two oneies and fourteen hundred. Yeah, fourteen hundred. Fifty-five dollars it cost him. Well, let's yep. take a break and look back on it. Yeah, great to have the company of a couple of legends, Taggart and Marshall, here on the odds couple this morning. Uh, do our text the spot on tags. It's Palmer. That's of course it Newport, is. Just a little slap before we go. Palmy, please. Uh, volume can't win. Turn it up, mate. Somebody give me another smack. Give us a spell. Yeah. I've got a lot of smacks this morning. Christmas. Hey, and, and guess what? No one's bagging my quaddy, are they? You know. No, no, not you know, yet. Of course, no, no. Of course oh, not. the one that worries me. I just don't know if it's quite there yet. There it is. Well, everyone knows my best. It's either you long January, but it, it will be Sebricate in the last. Sebricate in the last. Race nine, one. number twelve. Race nine, number twelve for tags. Di- Simon Marshall. Diagulier four. Six, race four, number six for Paddy Payne, second. At headquarters. We're going to get a few shekels early doors at uh, Flemington today. Race two, number one, Barmy. Oh, no. I thought you were going to go Barmy. to stay in race. <laughs> yeah. chips, chips and salad, if you don't mind. Love <laughs> stay in race. Yeah, chip and veggie in the winter. Hey, Merry Christmas Merry to everyone. Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Have a fantastic day. Great New Year. All that sort of stuff. We'll see you next Saturday. Bye for now. Merry Christmas. Love your gifts.